podcast to be back in your headphones and your speakers how have y'all been what is up Chantel hey Anthony J what's going on today not much just sitting looking out the beautiful snow out the window nothing's really sticking right now but they you know what they say it's supposed to so we'll see I know they're talking about another nor'easter I haven't seen one of those in a while I mean I think we haven't in Baltimore. We haven't seen that in a while, so it's it's interesting. I'm seeing a lot of people like I hate the snow and things like that. And I'm, I'm one of them people who loves the snow, but I definitely wanted to melt the next day. I'm not trying to drive in it. I'm not trying to shovel it. I'm not trying to salt no roads. I'm not trying to slip on the ice because it melted. None of that. Just melt the next day. But, very conditional love. That's I know. Very conditional it love. is conditional. And you know what? I don't have time for unconditional love when it comes to my safety. All right. So that's what I'm thinking about. It's so beautiful. I got the vibes going like the jazz was woo wooing. You know what I'm saying? Got the little candle lit, the snow falling. That's what I'm all about. But melt the next day. <laughs> Come and be gone. That's what Chantel said. Come and be gone. That's right. Well, classmates, we surely have missed you all. We've been doing some work that you haven't been able to see kind of like behind the scenes since we last um, dropped an episode. We're so excited for the season. As usual, we have some dope guests for you, some great topics that we've already started working on. And speaking of guests, it's not just Chantel and I here. We'll let our guests introduce themselves. Guest, who are you? Hey, No Class Podcast. Thank you again for having me. I am Shirella and I... I'm happy to be back on the podcast. Great to have you back, Shirella. So Welcome back. We are going to pop off our opening question, per usual. Um, unfortunately, um, Cicely Tyson passed away. Um, and then I also want to also say, in celebrating her life, um, we have an opening question around that. And I also want to kind of like ground this in, yes, celebrating her life, which it seems like has been super hard to do with all of the deaths that we've been experiencing from Kobe onto the pandemic. Um, but it feels a little bit easier and um, to celebrate someone's life that lived such a full life. She lived to be in her 90s and did a lot. Um, so what was your favorite Cicely Tyson movie or Cicely Tyson moment? I'm gonna pass it to you first, Chantel. Well, I have many favorites um, because I was, I was always so, um, I don't know, I'm just connected, very connected to Cicely Tyson. Not only did she live to be in her 90s, she was 96 when she passed. Um, and that kind of, that resonates with me because my grandmother was 97 when she passed. I had such a strong connection with my grandmother. We got really close when I was in my adulthood um, and would talk about so much stuff. So I don't know, to me, it just, she, she reflected um, what I knew of my grandmother, like a woman from the South, like a woman who was very much 
like she could be sweet but don't cross her don't play with her like she not the one you know that that was my that was my, my grandmother that was Genova and so um that was my strongest connection and you know but my favorite moment was um in my first moment was seeing her as as Miss Jane Pittman um and it's crazy because she was playing an old older woman there you know but I really got to understand like how history is so important to black people um with that movie and I thought she was amazing like I didn't see her first in Roots you know like a lot of people in our generation may like or millennials will say because Roots was too damn long for me okay no offense to Alex Haley and his lineage because that is such a blessing to have those many stories. But Roots was too long. I can't even get through the Jackson 5 movie or the Temptations. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, um, you know, just seeing her and being Jane Pittman and then moving on and like reintroducing herself to different generations of people in Tyler Perry films like I was so thankful to Tyler Perry to have him you know include her in his work and like be inspired by her in his work because she was so amazing um in all his movies and I mean that ain't the reason why I watched the movies but those are the reason why I stayed so um but I just get into your question really um my most favorite moment and what is ringing in my ears and probably for many others is some of her last words where she did this recent interview with Gail King and she stated, and you know, Gail King asked her, what do you want to be remembered by? You know, something to that nature. And she said, you know, I tried my best. I did my best. And um, I think that is amazing. Um, and all I can do from that message is continue to just do and try to do my best. So that is my favorite moment because those were lasting words um, that were so simple yet connected to me because I think I'm, I'll be trying to be a perfectionist out here, but be failing at being a perfectionist. But as long as I give myself credit for trying, you know, when I, when I used to be standstill fearful of even moving sometimes like then you know that makes me feel better so long story short that's it sorry no that was good that was good um so mine is um she was honored at the Kennedy Awards I think that was like 2015 and um CP1 and sing Blessed Assurance and so the reason why that moment was special for me was because um I think that was 2000, it had to be 2010, 2011 for my mom's birthday. I surprised her and took her to a BBC2 concert. And so um, at the end of the concert, they're on like the last song and they're like, oh, we want to shout out our special guest. Cicely Tyson was in the audience. And so it just tied that like those two were connected at like the first time that I ever saw like Cicely Tyson from like way across in a theater. And then to have this moment where she was honored and probably one of the biggest nights that, at least publicly, that she's been honored and have CeCe sing that song, um, it felt like, oh, it's full circle. So um, that, and then when she passed away, I was with my best friend, and my best friend was Googling to see, she was like, did she have any kids? I said, of course she did. Annalise Keaton was her daughter. So 
<laughs> Those are my moments. I'll pass it to you, Sorella. Yeah, I would say I really also appreciated the Gail um, King interview and what she said, remember me by trying my best as well. And I would also say her character in Cherish the Day, uh, Miss Luma Lee, if I'm remembering correctly, and that they gave her her flowers while she was still living. Um, a lot of our Black artists, they don't get their flowers when we think about awards. So the fact that that uh, miniseries had her character already accomplished and honored her within that miniseries, I really found that to be astonishing that Ava DuVernay had her character to be honored within within um, the series. So I think that was one of uh, my favorite roles in that, you know, she got her flowers while she was still living. So I would say that's definitely one of my um, favorite um, series with her in it. And also I do like her in uh, How to Get Away with Murder and how she was able to ground Annalise Keaton. I think oftentimes, like Chantel said, we do have our elders who are able to ground us or just help us to realize our own journeys, uh, what your grandmother, I would say, was able to do for you. So it was good, great to see an older Black woman being centered within uh, primetime television. So those are my two favorite moments, I would say, with Cicely Tyson. I love that. I love that. Well, Cicely, you know, we send our love. We send all positive energy and we send, you know, thanks to you, your family, um, share our condolences with the rest of the people who are mourning her loss, um, her physical loss on this earth. Um, she is now with, you know, the ancestors and sometimes you're going to need to call on Sicily, okay? So, yeah, I will thank you, Anthony J, for introducing this question because this is a great opportunity to honor her on our show as well. So, yeah, yeah, you know what time it is. It's report card time. Some people are about to get some F's, some detentions. Get ready, get those report cards out now. Well, it is report card time, everybody. So, um, if you're familiar to the show, or even if you aren't, report card time is when we at No Class Podcast we talk about the most recent events that have happened. Um, we discuss them and we give them a grade from A through F. Sometimes we get a little bit off the scale if it's a little too ratchet, um, <laughs> but mostly we're on the A through F scale. And um, we have three articles that we wanna discuss and we're gonna give them a grade and we'll do a detention or we will give a gold star to the best story. So I am gonna start. So. Recently, headlines have been made because GameStop is on the come up, okay? The stock shot to the moon and Reddit users are some of the best, <laughs> some of the best people in this game to kind of like run that shit, basically. Um, so for those of you who are familiar or even unfamiliar with the stock market, things like that, um, GameStop was selling, I'm sh I think it was probably like $10 or like under $10 from what I can remember um, for a while now. And um, apparently over the last week or so, it shot up to like $325 for per share, um, as well as AMC and I think BlackBerry as well. And the reason why is because um, 
there were users on Reddit who noticed that uh, Wall Street or hedge fund managers, I guess, were going to short the stock for both for all of those companies. And um, they decided, no, not on my watch. This is not going to happen. So basically, they all um, inf inflated the price of GameStop by making purchases and things like that and increasing the demand for GameStop stocks, um, which is kind of crazy because we've already had a, a form of insurrection, I'm going to say, um, with happening at the Capitol. And so now capitalists are climbing the barricades of the, the Wall Street walls, okay? And they're taking their own wealth into their own hands and saying, like, look, hedge fund, y'all want to short y'all want to short this stock? Watch. We're gonna make sure y'all lose this money. So um it's it's kind of funny because hedge funds are multi-million dollar um funds basically that millionaires usually millionaires and billionaires usually invest in and so um that kind of speaks to the capitalism that we all are basically looking at seeing um being a part of and how um things have certainly changed during the pandemic like people are just super tired and fed up of millionaires and billionaires constantly winning on the backs of um you know labor that is more intensive but paid well paid fairly less you know amazingly less so um this was an example of that but it was in wall street tan because at one point in time i know i was seeing um tweets about people love to say that it's a free market it's until you know you make these certain changes and now they're trying to shut everything down so robin hood was definitely one of the people one of the um <laughs> companies that was a part of this um so they were making these they were buying these stocks on robin hood and basically robin hood had to shut things down which is kind of ironic because robin hood is a place where people can trade with zero commission like you don't have to you don't need a financial advisor to make purchases or to you know get stocks on margin or anything i don't know if you all are familiar with margin but basically margin is credit in the stock game like you can apply for margin and things like that so that you can buy stocks on credit. So um, it's, it's interesting um, that this happened because hedge fund managers and Wall Street in particular was just not a fan of it because they want a certain law and order when it comes to them making money and um, being able to predict uh, or short a stock basically and saying that this industry is dying so we're gonna reap the benefits of this dying industry by make predictions on other things that are going to make more money and you know it goes into the which is the basic principle of capitalism is supply and demand and so reddit users common people like myself Sharella, and anthony j we all could make that decision and be like okay so we are the people and this is our demand so basically um at this point they're like amc blackberry and gamestop y'all ain't going nowhere let's get it let's get this money um substitute teacher co-host what do you think of this do you have any idea what's going on or what 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 are your thoughts on this <laughs> thank you for explaining that Chantel because I'm new to stock so I'm learning um as I go along and so I would 
say that I'm happy that it happened with the pandemic. We did see that wealthy guy and the average person got poor. So it's good to see that the everyday persons did unite. I would hope that this event just shows that the free markets aren't truly free. When you mention the free markets, it's like free for whom and free for what, right? So I think this incident showed us that the free markets are free for those in power and privilege who can bend the rules for their advantage. But like you said, the writer group was able to realize like, oh, we about to get played now, we about to show y'all today. So I hope that this pandemic continue continually pushes us to have community economics in which the everyday person realizes their capital power and we unite to try to shift these um, systems that don't serve us because we're not free in a free market if we can't participate and the rules not be changed when we play along with the rules. So that's my response to that. Yeah, I picked up a little bit as you were talking about it. I have not a lot of understanding either. One of my goals for this year was to invest in the stock market and it was one of the first ones I got to check off in January. I put $10 in some grape jelly. Um, and so I was like, oh, did this change my grape jelly? No, it's still the same. Like, it ain't much move up or down. So that's me. That's like my experience with the stock market. But it, what it reminds me of is the conversation um, that we had during the uprising and talking about organizing and how that looks so different, right? And so shout out to all the organizers that are doing digital organizing and making sure that shit changes that needs to be changed, that they're being change advocates, again, doing dynamic work behind a laptop. Um, so again, that you're organizing doesn't mean that you have to be outside with picket signs. This is a dope shift. I've never, I mean, I have not always paid attention to the stock market and stuff, but I can't recall where there was just kind of like this kind of like grassroots movement to interrupt something and to bring attention in the way that this has. So I'm excited for it and I hope it's the beginning of something. I hope that there's these constant things that like we're able to, to shift and throw things off um, for the good of the not rich person that is in the stock market, so. Well, I um. I want to give it a grade because I just find this to be hilarious. Um, <laughs> and for further education, because I was looking, I wanted to be able to explain stock shorts because that is not something that if you're, especially since you two stated that you are new to investing, I have been investing for a while, but shorts, like shorting stocks, I was never really aware of um there are things that you just learn as you're going in like i know one of one of the things that i learned was when people do splits like tesla and apple did a split um and you were like if you owned one share you were able to you know reap the benefits of three or four shares sometimes and i i got a stock that did a reverse split and basically i bought 20 shares of this one stock because it was so low during the pandemic and then it did a reverse split 20 to 1 so now i got one share and i'm like woo i didn't even know that they could do that so i wanted to um talk about shorts um because cnet.com explained it in a way that i think people will be able to understand and then i'll give a grade so it says short sellers or shorts do the, oh, excuse me, I'll start over. It says, when people buy a stock normally, they're betting it'll rise or share enough profits that they'll make more money than what they put in. Short sellers or shorts do the opposite. Shorts trade with borrowed shares and sell them with hopes they can make money if the stock falls in the future. So basically, um, 
I want to give an A to Reddit users and to social and to social media basically because millennials, Gen Zers, people who are you know utilizing these platforms like e, e the Ameritrade, um, E Trade, um, Robinhood, places like that where we're we're not trying to pay commission fees and things like that because the amount of money that you're investing in the stock, mostly like, especially when you get into these funds and things like that are going to managing the fund itself and not necessarily reaping um, the benefit from, or like the profit from it. So um, I just want to say that it's amazing that they decided to do that. Um, We are really a generation of people who, we don't take no bullshit. And then we rally around each other and be like, yeah, keep going, keep going. And that's what, that's what happened. And I'm glad to see that. Um, I mean, the, the, the wall street and the hedge funds lost like billions of dollars just because y'all wanted to play those games and millennials and Gen Zers said, we're not the ones. So y'all can play with somebody else today. So I give that an a just for that energy. It's big trade energy out here. So, <laughs> You want to continue with the next report card item? Yeah, let's continue on this train of capitalism. Um, And so (laughs) we've got Apple. Apple has created the Black Unity Watch. I don't know if people have seen this or not. Um, Listen up, Apple users, and those of you that are not Apple users. Um, So the watch is created. and part of in a celebration in Black History Month, it does have pan-African colors. So you got your black, your green, your red. It is a cool design. It was created by um, Black creatives, Black artists for the watch. Um, it says that Apple has also committed to supporting six organizations that promote civil rights. It lists those six organizations. And then it also shares um, here that this collection from Apple comes about two weeks after the tech company announced new projects as part of a 100 million racial equity justice initiative. Apple says it plans to launch the Propel Center, a learning hub for students from HBCUs, an Apple Developer Academy in Detroit, and an increased venture capital funding for black and brown entrepreneurs. Um, so what are you all's thoughts about the Apple Watch um, and the initiative to connect it to go back to Black entrepreneurs. I'll pass it to you all first. I can start um, because I'm reading up. I wanted to see what the Apple Watch band is going to look like. And yes, you're, you're, you stated correctly, has the <laughs> Pan-African colors. Um, but I'm looking at a recent press release from Apple on January 26, 2021, and they're doing a whole thing to celebrate Black History Month. So it's not just um, the watch itself um, or the band. It's They have different things going on in the App Store. So it's saying users can visit the App Store Black History Month hub, which will spotlight Black-owned businesses, developers, entertainment, and gaming apps, and social justice apps. Um, Apple Music, they will honor Black artists, moments, and movements that have shaped global music and pop culture. Um, They'll launch a month-long experience across Apple Music, Apple Music Radio, and Apple Music TV that highlights some of the most remarkable musicians spanning jazz, blues, soul, gospel, R&B, pop, and hip-hop. Apple Maps 
So didn't know that y'all was going to change the maps up. Guess what? You can enjoy our curated Apple Maps guide created in collaboration with Eat Okra. Remember you told me to download Eat Okra one time, Anthony J? Mm-hmm. Um, a Black-owned business directory app based in Brooklyn. So um, they're doing a few different things. I'm seeing stuff about Apple TV app, Apple News, like Apple Books. So Apple Podcasts, like they're going into everything right now. And what I want to say is, you know, that's cute, Apple. That's real cute. <laughs> that's real cute, you know, because how, how long, how long, question, how long have Black people been consuming Apple products and now all of a sudden y'all just out here trying to celebrate all the Blacks? all the blacks like i don't understand um i don't want it to be performative i don't want you know it to be in vain of what has actually happened i think a lot of these organizations have been held to the fire and have been having to take accountability for their lack of um inclusion of black people in black creators um black financial like people who are perfectly capable of doing the same damn job you know in these spaces and now you got to take responsibility for that and so with that said like I I still need transparency like we all know how Apple was created who Steve Jobs was like I don't know if that man was racist or not you know what I'm saying we are constant consumers of their of their products I know for my family like a lot of us go into debt during Christmas time, get a damn credit card just to buy up an iPad or iPhone, constantly making payments on that stuff or getting Apple TV, things like that. Things that you could probably utilize your money more somewhere else, honestly. So um, that's cute or whatever, Apple, that y'all decided, like, y'all want to do a whole Black History Month thing or whatever. Like, y'all definitely made us download that YouTube album one time, but y'all could have did all that, the other, whatever. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but I just want this to not be performative. I need more transparency. I need to see that not only are you um, profiting off of these artists, these black people, but you are putting these people in positions that not only they deserve, but they've worked their asses for because little like y'all know good and damn well, white mediocrity rules this rules this country. So, um, that's where I'm at with it, Apple. You real cute or whatever for your little for your little um Black History Month parade you trying to do. Um, you know, you did a whole Blackest King or whatever. That's cute. But consistency. I need consistency. I need to see this. Um I need to see this not just in the month of February, the shortest month of the year, my birthday month. <laughs> but um <laughs> But I need to, like, this needs to be an ongoing thing. Not just y'all having to celebrate Martin Luther King Jr. Day after not all these, you get what I'm saying? Like, stuff like that. So, I'm done. I got all out. What about you, Sorella? That's funny. No, I, I do have the same worry in regards to performative solidarity or performative unity. And I think we do see it with Black Lives Matter in that now these companies are coming out with diversity and inclusion statements. And what I often do when companies such as this come out with these statements, I go and I look at the board of directors and the leadership. So if your leadership is not inclusive, 
uh, folks from different backgrounds, then to me, I do question your motives. And uh, at the end of the day, Apple is a business, it's for profit, right? And we know that Black culture sells. So I do think that it's good on the one hand to, if the Okra apps shows you a directory of, of Black restaurants, of course, it's always good to support, you know, small businesses, Black businesses, et cetera. But again, if your leadership ain't diverse, then what are you really saying to me? And, you know, and I also, I get wary when folks of color has to be connected to the term excellence. Like we have to add an adjective to someone in order to qualify their greatness when we talk about folks who aren't white. So, and that's another thing that I, that um, I'm tired of in diversity and inclusion. When we think about diversity, diversity and inclusion, it's like, oh, excellence. Oh, they're gifted and talented. When you're talking about black folks, right? Like we just can't be great without you having to add an adjective to us. Mm. And I also think about Target and them also having a black history spotlight. But again, it's Target reaping the benefits more than the artists. So to me, at the end of the day, if you really want to support black community um, upliftment, when we think about capital, then go to black business owners. Like have that to be your reminder to go back to black business owners and not just Apple, because at the end of the day, Apple is always going to be Apple. And it's a reminder that Black folks need to start their own stuff and support their own stuff more than we're supporting Apple because Apple don't pay my bills. I'm paying you, Apple. So I think we need to have more of that mindset whenever we see these monthly long celebrations in regards to Black History Month or Women's History, whatever the month may be. I think it's more of performativity than anything else. Yes. Um... I'll start off at first and give the caveat that what I've always said is that Black History Month is anti-Black in itself to begin with, right? As if we don't give contributions and we have not built this entire country and done things the entire year for it to be summarized into one specific month of um, where it's dedicated to celebrate our good work. So that's the first problematic part of it for me. Um, Part of what you were saying on Chantel that I want to hit in more is as if the money needs to be raised in order to support these organizations. It's Apple. That money already exists, right? And so to me, it feels it's definitely a trap to be like, we need to raise money in order to support these groups. You're fucking Apple. That money exists. So you can pull from what already what you already have instead of starting an entire campaign. Um, and to kind of push almost as if it's like a, a help us get there or help us raise the funds to do this. Um, and then to what you're saying, Shirella, I had wrote down the, the same thing. We get into this, um, I think sometimes it's lazy and because we don't want to do the research, um, but kind of get into this mode where it's like, oh, I don't know exactly who to give my money to. So I'll give it to Apple because they're well known instead of taking your money and let it be funneled through Apple to give to an organization that may or may not get it, give it directly to an organization. And so we also have this capitalistic mindset that we have to give to the biggest place or the most well-known place. Um, and then we always feel like we have to police where our money is going, right? What's happening with my dollars when they get there? That's definitely a white colonizer mindset um, set like in the nonprofit or corporation? What happens with my funding? What's the impact going to be? What's the numbers? What's the stats? If you have an organization that is Black that's going to thrive and it doesn't matter if it's, you know, reaches thousands of people, if they're grinding to get there, put your money there. You know that it's going there. I don't know how many times we put money in white industries and we don't know where it's going at, right? 
And so there's the go with who you trust. That's a black organization. And if you don't know, take the time and stop being lazy and do it right. Um, and so it feels just as wrong as over the summer when people were trying to buy Black Lives Matter shirts from like mainstream places and not from local artists or from black, you know what I mean? And so it just feels like it's, it's counterintuitive to me. Um, so in that I say, do the work. Um, the design of the watch, yeah, it looks cool. <laughs> I mean, but if you're like, hey, I want to buy it because of the design, I guess that's a thing. But I feel like this is all fluke and, and smoke and mirrors to be like, I'm going to do it to support Black people, to support Black entrepreneurs and Black artists. I'm not buying it. Also, before you give your grade, I love, I love what you said about um, just in trying to celebrate, like your whole your whole argument just now about like the the kind of um, I guess performative aspects of celebrating celebrating Black culture. Like I think that that could be a definite topic of um, no class podcast one time you know, especially given like Black History Month, some, you know, things that we've, we've had to kind of fight for to have us be celebrated in general. And now like, look at what they've turned into type of thing. So I'm gonna I'm be quiet though. Just know it's coming. So my grade for it is I'm gonna give Apple a F for it. Apple, if you wanted to support entrepreneurs and artists, take out of your wallet right now like you got it um so i'm giving an f for it um hopefully there is some type of follow-up that these organizations that are named here are are given the support that they're supposed to um so hopefully that funnels through but there's definitely a different approach that could be taken to it so that is my grade and let's go to our next report card item okay so um given that this weekend we were you should have been in the house okay you, it's a pandemic still. We got South, we got South African Corona. We got Britain British Corona. We got American Wuhan Corona. Stay home. All the accents. All the accents. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> so if you're in the house um, and you weren't watching Netflix or anything else entertaining on TV, you probably watched the Wendy Williams special um, this weekend. I know I did. I was kicked up because guess what? I was in the house. Anyway, um, so basically, Wendy Williams had, had been doing promotion and teasing um, her movie about her life. Um, we all know Wendy Williams and her big mouth, um, her rude big mouth, um, <laughs> and the controversy that she has had over the last few years in divorcing her husband and finding out that he not only was cheating on her, but was expecting the baby outside of their marriage um, and having to now um, having to bury her mom and, you know, things like that. So she's just been having like a really crazy, crazy last few years, it sounds like, um, which, wow. But um, I definitely sat down and watched the movie and the, the documentary afterwards. And number one, I just want to say... Um, I, I, she said that she is in counseling, um, and thank God she is. Yes. yes. Was what? Okay, because um, and I was talking to my mother about this too because um, <laughs> my mother kind of did the 
did the thing where she's like, yeah, I can't believe she stayed for 16 years. And I'm just like, listen, this woman has been, since a child, has been um, holding in secrets. You get what I'm saying? Like, especially given, um, I don't know if anyone else has seen it, but her weight and her height were huge things for her growing up. And speaking as someone who has always been thick and always been taller and always just, I've always been a standout amongst my classmates because I was never short and I was never skinny, but I was never teased about my weight from classmates. I think because they were scared, honestly, because I, I was about that life anyway. Anyway, but, <laughs> but um, you know, that coming from adults, that coming from people who you love and you trust, um, I think it starts there. And um, I know it starts there because listening to the documentary afterwards and she stated mm -hmm. that her brother would find, like her brother found her throwing up and, you know, and participating in bulimia. She had an eating disorder when she was growing up too. So just thinking about that, like, and how that, that um, transformed to the woman that we consume as our media and what she does um, and why she is the way she is, basically. It's like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. So never mind. I'm just going to say what the hell I got to say at this point, you know. Um, so um, I thought it was, I thought it was an interesting um, movie. I hope she is proud of it, but it moved very fast. For the amount of trauma we saw on those on that movie and in that documentary like no matter the, the the amount of tears we saw in that documentary like she cried every frame every single frame <laughs> what's the q-tip what is the q-tip for you are crying already i said why is she being such a diva right now so basically she started crying instead of using a tissue she had a q-tip and you barely have makeup on so girl just leave it like let it run down barely like come on um, and her lipedema machine like come on so you know uh, okay just <laughs> what were your thoughts when you watched <laughs> i thought on the documentary part i was because it ends the movie ends and it's like oh i got my show and it's still going but the documentary i think cemented that it was it felt sad to me and so it shows the parents talking about this period where she was battling with her weight and they used to weigh her like once a week on the scale she talks about. And the parents are still talking about it like ha ha ha, like kind of light about it. And so what it brought up to me was like, oh, it seemed like in the story, like, oh, dag, that was hard back then that her parents did that, but they still look at and associated her weight in the same way, like in present day. I was like, that's gotta be hard to deal with. Um, she talks about in the movie and in the documentary about learning to be her own best friend, which sounds good on the surface, but it really felt like there was a level of loneliness, right? Which a lot of people would suspect if you are this person that is, you know, talking and gossip and there's no such things as secrets or like not telling, then how many friends can you have? And we've heard about that a few times where Wendy had, you know, friends with people and it broke down because she gossiped about them, right? And so it just also brought like, oh man, she must be so lonely in this place that she is right now. That's what I was getting from it. Um, I mean, there's the parts of it that I think that more people wanted and thought that there would be more salacious things about celebrities in it, um, which makes sense why there wasn't because, you know, potentially she could get sued for those things, but it's kind of like what her career has been built on. But the present for me was, I didn't know the thing about her in total. So basically, 
total pulled up on her at work, ready to fight her. And Wendy is not about that life at all. She was like, wait, why did they want to fight me? I'm like, you talk about people for a living. Why do you think somebody wasn't going to pull up on you? So that was the probably the gem for me in the movie. I did not know anything about that, but it was cool. I haven't seen it yet, but I do have a question. So after watching the biopic and documentary, how do you feel about Wendy Williams differently, or do you pretty much feel the same? Like, do you think it helped to humanize her or something along those lines, being that now you do have some of her, her backstory? Well, for me, um, I've, I, cause I, <laughs> I, I watch her Hot Topics part all the time just because something about them damn celebrity cancers. Like, y'all get on somebody's nerves. Y'all always mean her, 50 Cent. Like, I don't understand. But, you know, y'all say what y'all y'all feel like saying. And, and it's, sometimes it's funny. And most of the time it's mean, though. But um, I, I never, I don't have a really strong opinion about her. Like, it was interesting to see her development and I'm sure there are things that she never talked about you know but the most important things was her being um sexually taken advantage of um you know sorry trigger warning I should say that um her weight dealing with her body image issues things like that like those were very real but to be fair she has never shied away from those things those have always been a part of her platform from what I can see and she's always talked about that. She's always been very open about um, breast reduction. I mean, excuse me, breast implants. Um, um, what else? Her getting liposuction, her getting work done. Like even still I see on her show, she's like, I go for like a, after, like a lunchtime Botox and stuff like that. So like she's, she doesn't shy away from that stuff. Um, it just allowed me not to humanize her more because I, I don't, I don't, not value her as a human but i just see like wow you have been putting up with bullshit your entire life and no wonder you try to give it to people and what what anthony said also with um you know saying i'm my own best friend and things like that yeah that that definitely said loneliness to me and you know sometimes it's really good to have to be alone to have your moments where you're alone but loneliness versus wanting to be alone and have your alone time and me time are two different things and it it definitely made me feel a little bit more sad for her um and then she does this thing where she's like don't cry for me don't feel sorry for me don't sympathize with me and I'm just like but you're you're sad you sound sad you give off sad and no matter how many times it's it's like that strong black woman thing because she is from that generation of um having to always be strong um and it seems like in that movie she she sounds like she takes care of a lot of men she even talks about now paying alimony and basically paying for the child that he fathered outside of their marriage it's mm -hmm. painful as hell it's painful as hell to kind of to relive that every month you write in that check for alimony and you're paying for their lifestyle you're paying for him to wear Versace. Like, you're paying for him to drive a Rolls Royce and have her pop out on the Rolls Royce with the baby, you know? So, okay. Yeah, that's my yeah. take on it. What about you, Anthony? I didn't feel like, uh, I feel like I respected her hustle. She talks about in the movie and keeps driving, I had a plan and this was my next plan and this is how I did this thing and bop, 
like between stations and stuff. I respected the hustle. I think it's hard for me. I feel like things are at odds to be like, oh, let me have space and humanize or sympathize with her in a different way that she doesn't for other people. You know what I mean? And so I think it only goes so far when, yes, even though she is like, this is my life and I'm sharing it with you all and this may be private, that's not what everybody else wants. And part of what her job is to expose that, right? And a lot of people are in the position that she is and feeling hurt and, you know what I mean, and being in the public. So to me, you can't, I, it can only go so far for me. Like my, I don't know, my my empathy or whatever for her can only go so far because she's done that and, and shook up lives for a lot of other people. I get it. I respect it. That's your hustle. That's your profession. But it's like the same thing with reality stars. When you're, what your profession is and your character is and your human over here blends together and nobody knows the difference, then it's kind of hard for me to be like, you know. So that's Wendy. And then last week was Salt and Pepper. Um, so Salt and Pepper was three hours. Three hours. <laughs> And I did not know that going in. I thought it was going to be a regular two hours. It was three hours long. Um, it could have been two hours. And yeah. talk about They was giving real versus energy out here, you know? <laughs> and talking about moving all over the place, that they spent the first 45 minutes or so with salt and pepper before they hit it big working at Sears. I'm like, we get it. Y'all work at Sears in a call center. We can, we can move on from here. Um, yeah, they didn't have a, a lot of people were complaining. Salt and Pepper had looks in the movie. They had like about three looks the entire movie. Um, they were so focused on there. I had never seen a documentary and shout out to I Slay Podcasts, um, because she had a clubhouse on this and we talked about it a little, little bit. I have never seen a movie where they focus so much on the bad. For example, Salt and Pepper, they won a Grammy wasn't in the movie like they didn't celebrate like there's there we know there are bad times but there's good times too and it's like y'all didn't even celebrate like what most artists would say the biggest part of their lives so um yeah and then there's the part of the movie where it just stops when they broke up and then they didn't talk for years didn't perform for years and then they come back together at the hip-hop awards and it's like they are standing on the stage and they look at each other and they just do it I'm like, what? So I was really disappointed. I read Peppa's book. It came out in, I think, 2010, 2011. So there's a lot of it that I knew. It's a lot of it that I felt like they sugarcoated. Um, Tretch was physically abusive to Peppa. You didn't quite get that from the movie. Um, Peppa talks about when Salt and Pepper reunited, and they talked about what I really wanted was the healing process. They talked about how they had conversations that they needed to have, that should have had before the breakup that happened right when they reunited, um, that sounded like therapy sessions. I think that's what people needed. Like people needed to see that like these two sisters broke up and had a falling out and were able to like bounce back from it. But instead it's like, oh, they broke up and now they just magically got back together for the hip hop awards. So they had an entire reality show, like rebuilding their relationship. That wasn't in the movie either. So I feel like that was a miss in a lot of ways. What did you all hear about it if you didn't watch it? Yeah, I didn't watch it because you you already know, I just said I don't do the long stuff, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, because I, I was um, going to watch it, but I saw the three hours and I was like, I ain't doing that. 
especially with commercials. I'm not doing that. Um, so I was like, I'll just have to hear about it and I can go back and revisit if it's something in there I really want to see because I heard about it. Um, I, you know, I, I watch, um, Peppa Sandra on, um, growing up hip hop at, no, Atlanta, no, Hollywood, one of them, growing up hip hop, the regular version, I don't know, growing up hip hop, the first, I don't know, um, (laughs) so I watch that, and I see, um, aspects of her character on there, and, um, you know, she's had, you know, work done, but she's very much still a performer, and even when I saw them doing press for it, like, she would take over the interviews, so that was also something that was going to turn me off, because I was like, I, like, I, you know, something about her personality is very um, performance heavy. She's always having a, a smile plastered across her face. And um, even when she's like saying things that are really nasty to people and it, that, that always throws me off when I see that in people. Um, and I mean, that, that sounds personal, but um, I want, I, I want to go back and look at it and see, but based on what you're saying, like it didn't, it didn't seem like there was an authentic authenticity to their story. Um, and I don't, that's not something I want to watch. If I'm going to watch something about your life, especially because you are the executive producers of this. So you can tell your truth. Like this is your platform. Nobody else gets to say what it is and what it ain't, you know? And I, and I haven't heard any backlash about people being portrayed in ways that weren't, you know, accurate, I guess, to them. So, um, like, it just would seem that you should be a little bit more forthcoming. And then, Spinderella. Why you play with the girl? Like, why you play with this oh, one woman like that? They should have just not did the movie if they were still beefing and felt like she couldn't be. It was the- rude. Yeah. You, like, how in the world can you ever say that you were, you were solely salt and pepper without Spinderella? She was a huge part of your career for the entire duration of probably what the movie is showing. So those of you that don't know, Spinderella is beefing with salt and pepper. It's been like a few years now. And so Spinderella was, they almost treated her like she was a permanent background dancer or something in the movie. Uh, And I guess that's to try to protect themselves so she wouldn't get sued or whatever. But everybody, most people were just like, you should have just waited or like, it was really disrespectful how they had her in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I did see that when she, when the movie was airing, she made like a post or something and stated like, you know, for a group of women, you know, like that was our career of uplifting women, uplifting black women. And then for y'all to do this to me, like it just, it, it, it don't compute. It ain't one plus one for real. And I was just like, like that, that really does make a point, you know, like, I don't know what the history is between their um conflict at this point but if you're gonna tell a story like it just there's there seems to be some form of inauthenticity inauthenticity oh god look at me trying to say big words i can't say but (laughs) you got it you got it though (laughs) yeah but that not saying it again because i can't say it but um yeah so it just doesn't seem like i want to I want to or would connect with it. I might (laughs) try to watch it and see and, you know, I'll report back to y'all if I do or maybe do like a live tweet session, but I was seeing wigs and makeup. That's been the theme for Lifetime, so yeah. Shirella, do you have any comments or questions? I don't plan on watching it. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> just gonna be honest. If you said it was three hours of sadness, honestly, we get enough sadness and black trauma porn from the media. Mm-hmm. So if it reads like that and they're not talking about black women uh, working through conflict, I think that would have been meaningful to see uh, watch as you said, Chantel and Anthony J the therapy sessions because too oftentimes in the media and reality TV, you you know, you have this performative um, to be like a, a diva. You have to be angry and fight with your sisters and black women can't get along. So if that reifies that image, I'm good. I'll pass. And Shirella's whole platform ain't even about that. So <laughs> sister circles don't do that. No, no, not in the least bit. <laughs> Okay, so I can give my grade for Wendy Williams, and I will say a C for crying because, girl, <laughs> you deserve to cry all those tears and a lot more. And I hope you you have. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't lay my friends out, y'all. I didn't... <laughs> that was the theme of the night, crying. Oh, but um, yeah, like you know. I, I, I completely understand what you're saying, Anthony J, in terms of her not having the same empathy or sympathy for people when she does what she does. But um, I just, I definitely feel like that's her being a hardened woman, to be honest with you. And so um, she cries her tears and some, and that's what them cancers be doing too, y'all. They be crying some up, okay? But yeah, cry your tears, girl. I hope you healing and you doing some, some great work to, um, I hope that we can have another story from what has all transpired in these last years because it seems very fresh and it it would be fresh for myself if I had experienced something like that um so I'll give you that C um good luck (laughs) what about yourself Anthony J I give a C to I mean they were both mediocre movies and you know what I say, black people can make mediocre movies too. White people make mediocre movies all the time. So it was fine for the moment. It's not a movie that you rewatch again, but it was okay for the moment. Like, gave me something to do. Yeah. Gave me something to do. That is the theme. <laughs> and trust and believe, if I wouldn't have watched it the night of and I would have heard people talk about it, I would have been like, you, Sherelle, I'm not watching it. So, like, good thing that I watched it the night that it came up. But if I would have had a warning about it, I would be like, I'm not watching it. But mm-hmm. I did. I had something to do on a Saturday night in a pandemic. There we yes. go. Roots, the salt and pepper version. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, who are we going to give the gold star and the detention to? I vote Apple for detention. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, 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 wait. No, no. I forgot we had these stocks in here. Mm-hmm. And the rich white folk. I want them to go to the detention. The hedge funders? hmm Yeah. Because y'all played yourself. Y'all played yourself, basically. Shorten these stocks, and Reddit was like, uh-uh, we the people. Because that's what that constitution wants to say. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I mean, I could get with that. I could get with that. Uh, what about you, Shirella? How, do you agree, or? I agree. I'm definitely for we, the people, and by the people in 2021. Yes. <laughs> um, so who do we want to collectively give this gold star to? Who's who's winning out of all the stories? Hmm. 
I mean, is it the people on the interwebs who let the secret out and told people to? I can get with that. I can get with that, especially because like social media and Reddit, Reddit forums, Twitter, social media, Instagram, all that. They have been a huge in the pandemic, especially, but in terms of um what is it what am i trying to say in terms of like that radical change that we see in like the different um things that we're trying to fight like they have been played a huge part in being like we on the streets now what's good you know like stand up for stand up for you know what you believe in basically and so Mm -hmm. i can get with that i I like that it's we the people against the world okay (laughs) Okay. Well, it is time to give our social media. So, Miss Cupid, Doctor Cupid, if you will, because she ain't she ain't introduced herself like that. But mm. I'm gonna make sure people know that you are doctor out here. <laughs> Can you please give your social media, um, whatever work you're doing, um, please? Yeah, thank you again, Chantel. So you can reach me on Instagram and Twitter at Luray Journey. And I recently launched my website, which is LurayJourney.xyz. So you can also reach me there. Cool. So we will now plug No Classes social media. So if you are on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, um, if you're on YouTube Music, Facebook, or Instagram, you can find us as No Class Podcasts. Um, Twitter, we are no underscore class podcast on Tumblr, no dash class podcast. And if you have any questions, if you want to follow up with any of our guests and need to um, contact them through us, um, anything, so topic suggestions, you can contact us on our email at no.classgmail, no, excuse me, no.classpodcast at gmail.com. Please, if you have time, you know, two two minutes while you're listening to the show, just please pop on over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and give us a rating because we definitely need people to, you know, if you want to support a Black-owned business, then you rate them. You let people know why you here, what you liked about them, what you disliked about them so that they can make radical change within their organization or keep doing what they're doing. Also, we are accepting donations per usual. Um, you can feel free to, you know, donate your money through our page on um, Anchor. We have a donations page that you can check out on our link tree. On Instagram. Take your Apple Watch money and give it to us. Absolutely, because we are trying to um, include different programs and things like that um, to build up No Class so that we can give back to our community. Also, um, you can email us through PayPal, know.classpodcast at gmail.com. We are also there. So, um, yes. Any last words or anything, Anthony J? Don't look at me like that, okay? I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. I'm, I won't. I'll just say y'all say y'all stay hydrated, melanated, and glowed up. And I'm not gonna ask Chantel about anything else that usually happens at the end of the episode. <laughs> Alrighty, bye. <laughs>